welcome to the True Tabernacle podcast channel. We hope that you find encouragement and inspiration during one of our sermons, discussions, or interviews. For more information regarding our faith community, connect with us on Facebook at our True Tabernacle page. And while you're at it, hit subscribe to this channel to stay connected. presence of God. Hallelujah. I would be remiss this morning. Uh, we are very saddened in the country of Venezuela. Brother Mota has went on to be with the Lord. Brother Mota was Mary Faith's pastor when she came to the truth. This was Hermana Graciela's pastor as well. He was the general superintendent of the country of Venezuela for many years. Is a powerful church and many, many daughter works in Venezuela. We are burdened for the country. We're burdened for his saints of God that are here in the U.S. and all over the world. And we want to pray for them this morning. I ask that you'll help me right now in this moment as we pray for Brother Mota's children. We pray for the church in Venezuela. And we pray for our brothers and sisters even here in our church that were touched by his ministry. Jesus, right now we come before you, God. God, we thank you for Brother Mota. We thank you for his ministry, God. We thank you for what you did through that great man of God. We thank you for what you did and what you are still doing in the country of Venezuela, the revival that is there and how you use Brother Mota to help facilitate that revival, God. We pray for his sons right now. God, that you would touch them, God. Oh, that you would give Josue, hallelujah, and David, God, and Samuel, hallelujah, a greater anointing in this hour that the mantle of their father would begin to fall on them in a greater way, God. Oh, we pray for the saints of God here in the U.S. that are from that church, God, that you would give them strength this morning. Oh, pray for Sister Graciela, Sister Mary Faye, God, I pray for them 
right now. Give them strength, God. It's not easy when you lose your pastor. Oh, God, give them strength, God. Oh, speak to them right now, God, in the depths of their soul and give them comfort, God. Oh, hallelujah, his church in Venezuela, God. Give them comfort there right now, God. Move upon them, God. Oh, let them have revival, God. Oh, today, oh, and until your return, Jesus. Woo. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The touch of that church is even right here. I learned how to pray, learned how to fast from my wife. Uh, she's a great Bible teacher as well. But that all came from that church and that ministry. We are impacted by our leaders. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for Pastor Heideball's ministry and the, the touch, hallelujah, that's on our ministry team, amen. But I'm excited about what God's going to do in 2023. Um, as Brother Benny talked about, a resurgence and an acceleration, hallelujah. You can feel that this morning, hallelujah. You can feel that glory to God, hallelujah. He's ready to do something in 2023. Come on, don't, don't continue to look back to 2022 and the trials and the struggles because God is doing a new thing. God is ready to pour it out here in 2023, amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Joel, chapter 2. Joel, chapter 2. It say amen. The Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 17, let the priest, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and give not thine heritage to reproach, that the heathen should rule over them. Wherefore should they say among the people, Where is their God? In Acts 2, verses 16 to 21, the Bible says, But this is that, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. Before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. This morning, I just want to share this thought with you. The porch, the altar, and Pentecost. The porch, the altar, and Pentecost. Let's pray, Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Pour it down this morning, God. Let your power come down in this place, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Move among your people, God. God, let them hear your word. Be transformed by your word, God. Oh, let some people, hallelujah, be saved here this morning, God. Oh, God, let some people be restored. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We give you the glory and the honor. You're awesome. 
You're mighty. You're amazing. You're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, you may be seated. Hallelujah. The priest, the Lord's servants that we read here in our text are required to take the lead in this sacred work of repentance. <laughs> Come on, apostolics. We, we, we want to skip over that sometimes. Well, let's just get them in the water. Well, they got to repent first. Come on, we can't skip over that. Uh, Jesus was all about them repenting of their sins. Uh, we don't want stillbirths in the water. We want them to repent of their sins and then go down in the name of Jesus. And we want them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We want a full new birth. We don't want a third of it. Or two-thirds of it. But there's three parts to that new birth. You must repent of your sins in this altar. Oh, in an altar in your house. But you must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in the only saving name, the name of Jesus Christ. For the remission of your sins. What the church world doesn't understand is when you repent, it's not just remitted. It's not just washed away. But you got to go down in that water. But we can't skip over repentance. And in the book of Joel, God was crying out to his people through the words of Joel to repent. And he says to stand weeping and praying between the porch and the altar. The open court. Just before the porch of the temple built by Solomon in 1 Kings 6, verses 2 and 3, in the house which King Solomon built for the Lord, the length thereof was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof 20 cubits, and the height thereof 30 cubits. Verse 3, in the porch before the temple of the house, 20 cubits was the length thereof, according to the breadth of the house. And 10 cubits was the breadth thereof before the house. Come on, you might think, well, those are details. Do we need all that? But there are details in the altar. God wants to speak to you in the altar. He wants to begin to take things out. He wants to begin to pull things out. Don't skip the altar because the altar is necessary. See, you might be in the porch right now and you want Pentecost in your life, but you can't skip over the altar. The altar is necessary. Oh, it's not a process that can just be skipped over, but God's got to get into the depth of your soul. He's got to begin to speak to you. He's got to begin to pull things out. This was called the priest court. And was the place where the greatest part of those whose job it was gave their attendance. This is mentioned as the most fitting place for the priest to stand in. While they address their prayers and intercessions to God on behalf of the people. It is here that God calls out to his people. It is here that there is a yearning from God to warn his people of the impending danger. But yet, in all of that, it was God's desire. In the midst of the warning, in the midst of change your ways, in the midst of the repentance, oh, hallelujah, God was still crying out that his desire was for his people to be restored. 
See, we see the altar so many times as shame. We see the altar as guilt. We see the altar as embarrassment. But the altar, altar is where God prepares your heart to be restored back to him fully. Come on, don't have shame coming to this altar. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, don't skip this altar. This altar is very important. Oh, and there is an urgency in this hour. Oh, to get to the altar. Right before Jesus' ministry, John the Baptist was crying out, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, Hallelujah. Do we have any John the Baptist here this morning that says, Repent, repent, don't skip the altar. God wanted to see his people fully restored and living in victory. A plague of locusts like they had never seen before, had come upon the people in chapter 1. Sometimes God allows these plagues, pandemic if you will, to bring his people back to the heart of God. Come on, I don't know about you. I know the pandemic took some people out, but it made me hungrier for the house of God. It made me want to be in the house of God. God can use anything to restore his people. In chapter 2, he moves to a warning of impending judgment of a military power. Listen to the language here. Verse 4 in chapter 2, the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses. And as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap. Like the noise of a flame of fire that devoureth the stubble as a strong people set, set in battle array. Before their face, the people shall be much pained. All faces shall gather blackness. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march everyone on his ways, and they shall not break their ranks. This is very military language. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk everyone in his path. And when they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. Nine, they shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the wall. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter in at the windows like a thief. See, the enemy wants to come in like a thief. He wants to rob and steal and kill from you. But God is asking you to get to the altar so that you can have a Pentecost because he can restore everything at Pentecost. He can give it all back to you. There was a call to repentance. And then Joel gives this warning once again of a future judgment that would arrive. The day of the Lord is a constant theme throughout this book as you read it. And there's a call to repentance, but there's also a call to return to the Lord to be restored. The Lord is not calling you to the altar to make fun of you, to laugh at you. The people of God aren't asking you to get to the altar so they can make fun of you. They're, they're calling you. Hallelujah. God is reaching out, you, reaching out to you to come to the altar so you can be fully restored. You can get it all back. Hallelujah. Don't be afraid to step out of your pew today and say, I got to get to the altar because I need a Pentecost. You might be in the porch right now, and you said, that altar's too big. That altar's too scary, but I need the altar because i got to get to Pentecost. Woo! 
Joel chapter 2, 1 through 3. Here's a warning. Blow ye the trumpet in Zion. Come on, people of God. How many are you sounding the warning right now? It's time to get back to the altar. It's time to get back to God. It's time to repent. Sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. For the day of the Lord cometh. For it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess. A day of clouds and of thick darkness. As the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like. Neither shall there be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. The day of the Lord, it's not pretty. His judgment's going to come upon the earth. His judgment's going to burn up everything on the earth. The only thing that's going to stand are the people of his name. Oh, in the word of God, that's the only thing that's going to stand. Oh, and if you want to be standing with God in that hour, you can't skip the altar because you can't have a Pentecost without the altar. A fire devoureth before them. And behind them a flame burneth. The land is as the garden of Eden before them. And behind them a desolate wilderness. What's it say here? Yea, nothing shall escape them. Nothing shall escape them. If you don't have him, if you're not walking with him, if you're not living with him, you will not escape that day. Oh, that day will come upon this earth. There will be a wrath and a judgment that's been poured out like never before. Hallelujah. But Jesus is saying, oh, hallelujah, you still have time. You have time today to get to this altar so you can have a Pentecost. Woo. Come on, you can't go from the porch to Pentecost. You can't skip it. You can't skip it. That place is death. That place is death. Before God gives you a Pentecost, you must die to your flesh. You must die to yourself. You must die to your carnal ways. Joel 2, 12 and 13. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart. And with fasting and with weeping and with morning. Come on, church. We can't let fasting die in January. Come on. I know how it is every church in January. We're gonna, but we got to keep it going. Uh, hallelujah. We got to keep it going. Prayer and fasting. Hallelujah. We'll break the yoke. Uh, it will break every yoke. If it's one meal. And you just open your Bible and say, I'm giving up one meal for God. Don't, don't compare yourself with somebody that can fast 10 days or 40 days. If you can give up one meal and say, I'm replacing this food with the Word of God. You will see God move in your life. Hallelujah. Verse 13. And rend your heart and not your garments and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Come on, he's gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he is patient with his people, he is kind to his people. Yeah. 
There is a call to the priest, the ministers of the Lord, to weep between the porch and the altar. There is a call for the ministers to stand between the people and the judgment of God. I know what some of y'all are thinking. I'm going to leave that to Pastor Heidebaugh. I'm going to leave that to the ministry team. And I'm just going to show up, and God's going to take care of it. Well, I got news for you. At the cross, at the cross, the veil. to not only the priest, but to everyone that would call on his name. Come on, are there any people in here that just as the priest and the ministers of the Lord, come on, he's called you to be a minister. He's called you to stand between the people and the judgment of God. Woo! There is a call that the people would not be overtaken by their enemy and that their heritage would not become a reproach. Uh-oh, I'm going to stop right there. Don't let your apostolic heritage become a reproach in the eyes of people around you. Come on, it's time to be apostolic to the core. It's time to get down to business with God. It's time to get back to the roots. It's time to get back to the doctrine. If you don't want it, I know there's a first generation apostolic Pentecostal like me that wants it. Oh, they can laugh at me and say, you're first generation. That's okay. That's okay, because I love it. I love the apostolic faith. I love our heritage. I love our doctrine. Hallelujah, because I know that I died in my sins. I died in my carnal flesh at an altar, and God put me down in the water in Jesus' name, and I received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. Hallelujah. Just as Brother Mota left a legacy, he left a heritage in Venezuela. And so many here, I want to be like that. Come on, how many of you want to be like that? That it's not about you. It's not about how great you are. But it's about the people that you preach to and the people that you speak to and the people that you minister to, that they become like Jesus. Come on. Come on, I might not have physical children, but there's some children, spiritual children in here that I want to leave a legacy with. I want them to become great for God. I want them to become great preachers, great ministers. Hallelujah. Woo. Woo. Come on, plant a church and you'll have all kinds of children. <laughs> Amen. I feel more like a dad now than I ever have. <laughs> and some of them are the same age as me. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But these were the people of God. These were the people who had seen the miracles of God. They had witnessed the power of God, His provision through difficult times. But His call is that His people would not fall to the destruction that was coming their way and that the priests and the ministers would stand between the porch and the altar and cry out to God that this people would be spared. Woo! 
There was an urgency that if the priest would cry out between the porch and the altar, God would answer and God would send corn and wine and oil and that they would no more be a reproach. Come on, if some of you in here will feel the call to be a prayer warrior, if some of you will feel the call, hallelujah, to stand in the gap today, hallelujah, you will see the oil come back on people. You will see people come back into this house of God that have been away for years. You will see God take away the sting and the reproach of their sin and give them an anointing. I heard something, I think it was in the preaching, yet because of the times. I said, well, we pray for these backsliders, but we don't pray for the preachers who backslid. It's time for the church to pray for even the ministers and the preachers who backslid because the shame that the enemies brought upon them they just can't deal with but if we will stand in the gap for them come on some of you know some preachers hallelujah that fell away and it's time for God to bring them back we gotta forgive them and say you messed up but God forgives you God has grace God has mercy for you come on what if what if God wouldn't have forgave David Come on, do we get so holy and righteous that we can't even forgive them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The prophet Joel would prophesy in chapter 2. And this would be echoed later by Peter in the book of Acts. Joel 2, 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. Blood, fire, pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord hath said and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Come on, the Lord doesn't clarify it. He doesn't say, well, if you only have this many sins, you can come back. If you only committed this sin, you can come back. He says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Come on, hallelujah. There's no disclaimer, hallelujah, on the mercy of God. There's no disclaimer on the grace of God. Whosoever will. Is there any people that know how to pray this morning? God is calling out to us in this hour to stand between the porch and the altar so that people can have a Pentecost. He's he's asking his people to cry out to him, to ask for his grace and his mercy over the people. There are people in your family that need you to stand between the porch and the altar interceding to God for them. The enemy, the enemy can get you to a place where you think, how, am I, how is this family member ever going to come to this truth? My dad's too Catholic. God, he's too Catholic. 
And God began to flood my, my mind with images of me baptizing him. Come on, don't give up on people. Keep reaching for them. Keep interceding for them. Stand between the porch and the altar and cry out. Say, God, let your mercy come down on them. Give them your grace because they need Pentecost. I feel the Holy Ghost in here this morning. Some of you have given up on family members. Come on, don't feel guilty about it. Don't feel bad about it. It happens. You go to church for so many years, and they just never come with you. But the Lord has a day for everyone. He has a moment where it's his time, and it's not our time. Don't you give up on them. Don't you quit praying for them. Don't you quit interceding for them, that God would restore them. God would bring them into the truth. Come on, some of you might have daughters and sons. Some of you might... Oh, some of you might have family members that were here at one time. But God is asking, will you stand between the porch, hallelujah, and the altar? Will you begin to weep for them? Will you begin to cry for them? Will you begin to intercede for them? Hallelujah, that he may bring them home. That he may bring them back to the house of God. Hallelujah, before it's too late. is not about us it's about serving God and it's about having a burden for the souls of men and women that need God come on I know I know there's so many people out in these streets that we don't even know yet that need God but there's names and there's faces that have backslid and we need to intercede for them Hallelujah. We want lost souls, but sometimes we forget about the backslidden souls. Hallelujah. God wants to call his people home. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 1, 12 through 14. says, Then they returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas Bartholomew and Matthew and James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brother and in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Woo. The same guy that denied him three times. The same guy that when he was being arrested and crucified, couldn't be found. He couldn't even be found at the cross. Only John was the only disciple in Mary that could be found at the cross. But yet, the mercy of God. Woo. Let's all stand. I'm going to close. I don't want to belabor the point. God is here. God wants to deal with hearts. But that same Peter, God, God used him. And he stood up in front of those 120. The musicians can come. 
120 here in the upper room stood between the porch and the altar so that the Holy Ghost could be poured out and people could be saved from their sins. The 120 here had a burden and a passion to see people restored to a relationship with God. And what was taken away in the Garden of Eden could now be restored through the men and women who were willing to stand between the porch and the altar and call down heaven. And oh, did heaven fall on them. And it poured out into the streets of Jerusalem. It would go on to Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. And said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. From the porch, there is a destiny to Pentecost for people. But those people will never get to Pentecost if we don't stand in the gap for them. If we don't stand in the gap and cry for the mercy of God over them and the grace over them that they won't get to Pentecost. Some of you here today, God is ready to restore you. You are a child of God that's been called by Him. But for whatever reason, the enemy has planted something in your heart and you're not walking with him like you used to. But God is here to restore you so you can become a minister and a priest before him to cry out, oh, for the mercy of God to fall on those people that you know that have not walked in this house yet, that have not been to an altar yet, that have not been baptized yet, that have not been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. God is bringing you back to restoration this morning. Oh, and then there's some of you that haven't experienced Pentecost yet, but you're here, you're hungry. God is reaching for you, and you can experience Pentecost in this place. I'm going to read one more scripture and then I'm I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to let God deal with souls this morning. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord. In Isaiah 61, it's the last thing I'm going to read. It says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to procreate, Proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. Some are in mourning this morning. To give them beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Woo! God is ready to give back some of you the garment of praise for your spirit of heaviness. Woo! That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. This is powerful. Listen to what the word says right here. And they shall build the old waste. They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. Come on, the enemy's told some of you. I feel the Holy Ghost. The enemy's told some of you that the apostolic heritage is going to stop with you. Jesus is here to tell the enemy the apostolic heritage is going to continue with 
continue with you. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks. And the sons of the aliens shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. Come on, pastors preached on keeping your vineyard. The enemy wants to come in and tear up your vineyard. But there is a God that wants to restore you. There is a God with mercy. And here's how this ends. What a powerful, what a powerful scripture before God. Verse 6 says, But ye shall be named the priest of the Lord. Hallelujah. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall you boast yourselves. For your shame ye shall have double, and for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land shall they possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. Woo! Come on, he's about to give back to you double. Hallelujah. He's about to restore it right now. Come on. Can the people of God, the apostolic people of God begin to pray right now? God, in this house, uh, bring people back to restoration. Bring people back home, God. Oh, prayer warriors that fell away in this place, God, bring them back home. Uh, hallelujah, people. Hallelujah. That Oh, we're in the Word and dedicated themselves to God and have fallen away. Be, begin to bring them back right now in this place, God. And those that have not experienced Pentecost, God. Let them experience Pentecost this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, that the people in this house, uh, hallelujah, would be called the priest of the Lord. That the men and the women in this house uh, would be called the ministers of our God. Oh, come on, people of his name, begin to pray. Oh, begin to weep. Begin to cry out before God for souls. This altar is open. This altar is open. Don't skip this altar today. Don't skip this altar because you want Pentecost, because it's necessary. You gotta have a death on this altar. You gotta have a death on this altar. You gotta cry out to him before you get Pentecost. You gotta cry out to him. Come on, this altar's open. Cry out before God.
us cry out to him. Thank you, Jesus, God. God, your powerful move in this place. God, we believe, Lord, you're going to do it again tonight, God. Hallelujah, 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 amen. God is in the restoration business, amen. I, I don't know what your concept of God is, what your theology of God is, but God is in the restoration business. I came out of Trinity Pentecost, and it was hell, fire, and brimstone every service. I never knew if I could go to heaven. Because all, it was, I'm going to hell every service. <laughs> God is in the restoration business. That's what I love about the apostolic Pentecostal faith, is we love people. We love them to back to heaven, amen? Hallelujah, glory to God. His power is in this place. I invite you to come back tonight. Hallelujah, let's do it all over again. Let's experience God all over again tonight. Hallelujah. Come on. How many of you can spend some time in prayer this afternoon? Don't, don't eat and entertain yourself into a coma this afternoon. Amen. Come on. Spend a little time with God. Hallelujah. And you can listen to another sermon on Sunday, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's come back tonight. Let's go before the Lord in prayer before we are dismissed. Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this place. The hearts, God that you have dealt with in this place. Oh, the hearts that you have performed surgery on, God. Oh, the hearts, God, that you're restoring right now in this moment, God. Oh, I pray when we come back to this place tonight, God, hallelujah, God, let us experience you tonight in your fullness, God, that this would be a warm-up, God, for what you're about to do tonight in this place, God. Let the people of God come back here hungry tonight, God. Oh, we thank you. We give you all the glory, God. We love you. We exalt you. We magnify you because you're awesome. You're good. You're holy. You're worthy, Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah. Glory to God. You are dismissed. Amen.